0: High Noon With George Hook Thanks to ClaytonHotels.com With 17 hotels across Ireland and the UK It's time for Essential Songs. Bill Hughes drops into the office as he does religiously every week at this time to regale me with tales from Tin Pan Alley. Bill, welcome to the programme. Hiya, George. Now, I just used that phrase deliberately because you would have to be a certain age to remember when people use the phrase Tin Pan Alley.
1: You would, and I think it actually fits... Perfectly for the choice of song this week. No, by accident. By accident, because I don't feature these songs enough, but they're the songs from what is known as the Great American Songbook. And the Great American Songbook is not an actual book, but it is a canon of songs. It is a canon of the great compositions of George Gershwin, Irving Berlin, Jerome Cairn. Harold Arlen, Johnny Mercer, Rodgers and Hammerstein, you know, it's, it's all that kind of stuff. And it's made an amazing comeback in the last few years because I, I have of recordings to. by new artists yeah. who are rediscovering.
0: Well, I have to say that, like, you are remiss. You come in here with, you know... I don't know what they're called, hard labour or whatever they're called. And they're this long-haired, bearded individuals that make a record. And I'm supposed to be impressed. And, I mean, then you come in now today, no matter what you pick out of the Great American Songbook, it'll be great. I mean, you could literally use my system of betting on horses in the Grand National by sticking a pin. And you would get a super song. Very good. So what just you stick a pen Well, on?
1: I didn't deliberately mention the composer I went for in that little list of composers oh, I yeah. gave you. I deliberately didn't. So who did you miss out? Cole Porter. Oh, <laughs> yes. So, now, it gets better. Oh, well, it gets better. In 1945, yeah, the height of the war, you know, this whole thing, he wrote a beautiful song. That was very much dictated by the mood of the time. Yeah. And it was called Every Time We Say Goodbye. So very poignant song, a song that would just rip the heart out of you. And it was first introduced by the great impresario Billy Rose in his review, The Seven Lively Arts. Billy Rose, as you know, was the partner in crime of Fanny Bryce, who was... The inspiration for Funny Girl and Funny Lady, and in fact, who was
0: played by Barbara Streisand in the movie, and in the movie
1: Funny Lady, Billy Rose was played by James Caan. All right, and he's really good in it. But Billy Rose, what people forget is that he was also a gifted lyricist, and he wrote, like "Me and My Shadow," "It's Only a Paper Moon." Uh, more Than You Know, without a song. Like, he had tremendous stuff. So, Billy Rose spotted a good song. The song was Every Time We Say Goodbye. He stuck it in his musical review, Seven Lively Arts, and that was in 1945. And the song kind of languished, nothing really happened. And then, Ella Fitzgerald, oh. she decided to do a, a, the songbook of Cole Porter in 1956.
0: Nineteen fifty-six, six. Haven't hmm. been written in, 40 in 45. forty-five, and it this was really interesting. You know, but yeah. she
1: she did it. Now, the first what happened was people loved the the melody, and Cole Porter was unusual because he wrote the words and the music. Yeah. An awful lot of pe- yeah, teams yeah. depended on uh, splitting the, the work, but he, when he was describing the song, uh, it's an analogy as a musical change from major to minor. And so he begins the song with an A major chord and ends the song with an A minor chord. So he's just being triply clever throughout the song, as well as having a beautiful song. Now,
0: the thing is, you know the way uh, people like you who know your music Mm -hmm. as opposed to me. But but you know the way you talk about um, somebody is an interpreter of. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And certain people seem to have a gift of interpreting somebody's songs and giving it a whole. Like Sonata would have done it a lot. Mm. And particularly with Nelson Riddle as his musical director. He did some wonderful stuff. Ella Fitzgerald and Cole Porter were made for each other, I always thought.
1: They were. They were. But there are some fabulous recordings. And Ella Fitzgerald is the one we've chosen. I'm happy to hear But there are it. so many others. There's. Chet Baker did an amazing... uh, Tony Bennett, Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, Diana Krall, Cleo Lane, who I love. Carly Simon. I met Cleo Lane. Did you? In Los Angeles.
0: She was married to a fellow called Johnny Johnny Dankworth. And uh, I met them in a hotel. And my old man had had been in a band. And the two, Johnny Dankworth's band and my old man's band, were in the Arcadia Ballroom in Cork. And uh-huh. I went over and talked to them about it.
1: Ah. Well, they, she, I loved Cleo Lane, that voice. And Nina Simone also had a, 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 a tremendous recording of it. And Sarah Vaughan. And then some of the newer artists like Buble and Robin, Robbie Williams and people. Dave and Ross Stewart. But let's go back. Yeah, all the while now, you
0: named them all yeah. and still... Yeah. you pick Ella Fitzgerald like oh, you yeah. picked Ella Fitzgerald oh, yeah, because you knew that Ella does justice I have, such, justice a to
1: I have a, such a soft spot for Ella Fitzgerald I was blessed to see her in concert in the oh, Royal Festival no. Hall in London did you? in 1981 Boy oh, envy her 1981 envy her. with Count Basie and his orchestra Oscar Peterson on piano and Ella Fitzgerald all together at the Royal Festival Hall ah, You were so lucky I was I was it was like a grenade in my head <laughs> it was like
0: 1981 <laughs> a teenage Bill Hughes No I wasn't in the a Royal teenager Festival I was 26 Yeah well you know <laughs>
1: uh, So but that, Cole Porter So let's, No sorry There's uh,
0: another yeah. thing about Cole Porter of yeah. course mm. is he was gay
1: he was gay, but at a
0: time when being gay wasn't exactly an advantage. Oh
1: no, he was—he was what they used to call in the closet. Yeah, he was so closeted. There's, uh, you know, there's. A, it's the lovely, is a beautiful film about him where he's played by uh, Kevin Klein. Kevin, yeah.
0: Brilliantly played by Kevin, Kevin yeah. Kline, because yeah. there was an, an earlier one mm. starring Kerry Grant, oh, yeah. which which was a complete fake.
1: Well, that was a fake on so many yeah, levels. That was a it, fake because Cary Grant was keeping his own secret. You yeah. know? So but well, if yeah. you
0: could get De Lovely with Kevin Kline playing Cole Porter, it is superb because it also talks about Porter's marriage, which was a sham. Yeah. To to protect his homosexuality. Yeah,
1: yeah. Ashley Judd played the wife in that. So Was it? Yeah, super. But they, like, Porter wrote so many classics of, like, today, anybody would be so thrilled to have written, I've got you under my skin, night and day, I get a kick out of you, uh, my heart belongs to daddy, uh, well, did you ever, and then the songs from High Society, True Love, and then the songs from Lay Girls, and then every song from Kiss Me Kate. Like, the guy was an extraordinary... He went against his family wishes. He was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. And the grandfather... Was the 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 man the money bags of the family, and he had decided what career the grandson was going to take, and they were looking at medicine or law, and he classically trained uh, at piano, uh, but decided no 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 it was going to be Broadway June, so family fell out with them, and then the next thing Broadway fell in love with him. And the next thing, he was Richard than them all. <laughs> so uh, they took him back into the family fold. But he had a, a horrible uh, horse riding accident in 1937. Um, and that kind of crippled him for the rest of his life. But it was after that that he wrote Kiss Me Case. But, but
0: the mm. thing about Porter, I think, is... The cleverness of his lyrics are Mm. just fabulous. I mean, every time I listen to any Cole Porter lyric, you're just in awe of how clever it is, you know? Um, And uh, we're so lucky to have Ella. I mean,
1: I must say. Well, will we listen to her and then talk about her after? Ah, yeah. (laughs) Why don't we have
0: Ella Fitzgerald singing Cole Porter every time we say goodbye?
2: Every time we say goodbye, I die a little. Every time we say. and of spring about it I can hear a somewhere begin to sing about it There's no love song finer but how strange the change from major to minor Every time we say goodbye sing about it. There's no love song fighter, but how strange the change from major to minor every time.
0: Ella Fitzgerald and Cole Porter. What a magical team. Um, Ella, uh, I mean, you, you saw her live. Um, mm. I mean, I never—I don't think, I mean, I've only seen her on YouTube or stuff. I mean, really, Ella, for me, was a, a complete audio experience. Do you know what I mean?
1: Well, in 81, uh, she still had to be led on stage. At that stage, her eyesight was pretty much gone. Mm. Uh, but she was still able to walk at that stage um, like very, very hesitantly but then she was led to a chair in the middle of the stage and away she sang and it was it was sublime but it's no wonder listening to that recording she was known as the First Lady of Song she was known as the Queen of Jazz she was known as Lady Ella like people just couldn't find nice enough titles for her uh, Born in 1917 Like the whole thing about her was she was noted for the purity of her tone, her impeccable diction, her phrasing, her intonation, and a horn-like improvisational ability, particularly in her scat singing. And that whole scat thing, when you're driving, that's like, but you you know, when when you're away, that's just great fun. But the,
0: the, the thing, of course... Mm. With so many of the people you and I talk about, uh, and Ella would be an example, Sammy Davis Jr. another example, and many, many others. Nat King Cole. For black singers, we, you know, we 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 now assume, yeah, fine, weren't they wonderful? But they would have fought a battle all the way through their careers when they were top of the entertainment tree. They were still black.
1: Well, she was the usual black American child going to the African Bethany African Methodist Episcopal Church, attending worship, Bible study, Sunday school. She was doing all of that. Her parents had separated just after she was born. And then her mother died of a massive heart attack when she was only 15. And they were living with her stepfather, you know, at that stage. And the stepfather uh, started abusing her. And so she was skipping school. Her grades fell and everything. And uh, she went away to, she she ran away from home to live with her aunt. And uh, at one point, she was the lookout uh, for the bordello that her aunt was running. And then she was also uh, with a, a mafia-affiliated numbers runner. Like, <laughs> and she was caught. And she was placed in the Coloured Orphan Asylum in Riverdale, in in the Bronx. And then that orphanage got too crowded and she was moved to the New York Training School for Girls in Hudson, New York. But she escaped from there and became homeless on the streets of New York. And she heard about Amateur Night in the Apollo in Harlem and she went. Now, she saw herself as a dancer, but the act before her, were such good dancers that she thought, "Saw this, I'm going to have to do something else. And she so sang. She sang.
0: A, I, I, that story yeah. I know, a lot of the earlier yeah. stuff, I didn't. Yeah. That story that she went as a dancer and yeah. suddenly said, I can't be a dancer, I've got to sing. That extraordinary story I know.
1: And she, won, uh, she, she sang The Object of My Affection and she won the $25 charge. And... Then her life turned around. She was taken under the wing by some people, and the career started to happen because you couldn't suppress a talent like that. And everybody wanted to work with her. So that by the time she released the Cole Porter songbook in 1956, it was the first of eight uh, multi album songbooks. But she's 40 at that
0: point. Yeah.
1: But she you know, and the money's yeah. but the money's coming in. Yeah. She buys the mansion in Beverly Hills, you know. She sells forty million albums, you know, but the big money is from the concert performances. And but she'd lived a life, you know, very haphazard. She hadn't looked after her diet. She hadn't looked after yeah. herself physically. Uh she was addicted to sugar. And so she got diabetes and the diabetes was what caused her to lose her eyesight. So in 85, she was hospitalized for respiratory problems. And in 86, she had congestive heart failure. And then in 1990, she collapsed from exhaustion. In 1993, they had to take off both of her legs because of diabetes uh, from the from the knee down. And then she was hospitalized again in 1996 Um she wanted to spend her last days in her home, in her mansion in Beverly Hills uh, with her son, Ray, and her 12-year-old granddaughter. And she said, you know, I just want to smell the air, listen to the birds and hear Alice laugh. And that was her granddaughter. Okay. And on her last day, they took her out onto the terrace in the wheelchair. And she just tapped her son on the hand and said, I'm ready to go now. And he took her back in and she died. Oh. Great story. But then Bill
0: Hughes is a great storyteller, and that storyteller uh, continues every week at this time. Don't forget, on Spotify, you can stream all the songs from time immemorial. It opens, uh, I still think it opens with the Andrews sisters, but you get everything. You get the long-haired, bearded fellas as well. You get every kind of music. George's Essential Songs, it's called on Spotify. You'll find them all there, but you know well, the choice is always Bill Hughes. Well, that's it for today in the company of sound engineer Michael Quilligan and the team of Alex Russo, Kira Courtney, Aoife Brain brought you today's show. I'll be back tomorrow at high noon, but for now, goodbye.